0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Crash the UK Geek Podcast. This is episode 423, recorded on Monday the 10th of January 2022 at 22.46.43. Hello again. I have a little different recording set up. I've got my travelling kit, which I'll talk about later. I've described bits of it before. Don't worry, it'll become relevant a little later. I'm talking into my traveling kit even though I'm in the studio because I didn't have time to set up all the studio gear as I want it from now on. If you ever do buy some podcasting equipment because you want to get into podcasting or maybe shoutcast type internet radio Bear in mind, you're going to need quite a lot of time to set it up and experiment with different things. The most annoying of which are things like sorting out where the ground loop is coming from, where weird interference that you can't find is emitting from and ruining your recordings. There's a lot of stuff to do. Anyway, I'm straying wildly from my show notes. As I said on Twitter, I had a little bit of a hard week. In pod 4.22, I was honoured to have an excellent guest, Saul Garnell. But man, I'd forgotten how much editing is involved when you have a guest, and you talk for longer than half an hour. That is so much editing. And I was already a bit tired even before I did that interview. And then, oh, I just spent a whole day, 12 hours editing. And then the next day I had something else to do. And then I had a migraine attack. Which can sound a little wimpy unless you have serious migraines. Then you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not just the flashing disco effects and then the monstrous headache. It's the migraine hangover that can last a week, and man, it hammered me. I also have just odd little health things that I never got round to seeing the doctor about, like a bad eye and a badly healed left thumb, which only became apparent when I started trying to learn the guitar again. I found that I couldn't really bend my left thumb. A lot of stuff's been going on. I apologise for boring you with all this stuff but it's life it is geek life it is my geek life and this is the general pod when i just talk about everything geeky that i've been consuming and in the way in which i've been living my life we're in the pre-show section still as if it wasn't obvious As I said, we talked about The Matrix Resurrections in pod 422, but I wanted to mention why we were so late reviewing it, and that is because for some insanely suicidal and lemming-like behavior from movie studios, we are being stubbornly encouraged to see films still in cinemas. You'll see lots of films that come up for release, and it will say on the poster somewhere, only in cinemas. Tell me, listener, are you keen to rush out to see The King's Man in the cinema? Are you worried that we're in the midst of a pandemic with a new and highly infectious variant, the Omicron variant? What do you think? Let me know that is the reason we were so late in reviewing it. I didn't actually ask Saul when he had seen the film, but I had seen it just very, very recently. Maybe that should have been something I asked, but that chat was very, very long. In fact, that chat was about one and a half hours. I whittled it down to 46 minutes, whittled it down. That's still quite long for a podcast. Though, I have talked longer solo, but like I said, when you have two voices with different characteristics, there's quite a lot of editing to do. I didn't quite realise that my voice wasn't as deep as I thought it was. Saul, you have a fine baritone. Okay, where are we now? Let's see. I'm searching for my mouse. (laughs) It's a bit dark in here. Ah, earlier today when I was doing these show notes, I was looking through all the things that I have consumed but have not yet talked about, and it's a long list. I was going to add a few more things, I thought, no, I'm just getting back after a, a week, being really tired, I don't want to tackle a huge amount. So I stopped adding things to these show notes, and this is what you're going to get. First of all, let's talk about Army of Thieves. Army of Thieves? is a prequel to the zombie flick, Army of the Dead. It is the backstory of Ludwig slash Sebastian, as is known in this movie. An ace cracksman, that is a safe cracker. And it is starring and directed by the guy who plays Ludwig slash Sebastian, Matthias Schweighofer. I thought the movie was a very, very conventional heist movie. It's definitely high concept, it's about safe-cracking, but what is very not conventional, or perhaps very conventional depending on how you look at it, or rather, in my case, I found very strange, is that the very gay Ludwig of Army of the Dead is now very heterosexual. What the hell happened? Was the actor slash director, Matthias, who is straight in real life, uncomfortable with the role he had been cast in in the previous movie, Army of the Dead, and thus decided to retcon the character he was playing in this movie? I'm not a gay man. But my gaydar is slightly better attuned than most, having lived in downtown Vancouver in Canada, British Columbia, for years. This de-gaying of the character made me squirm. If you are a gay male and you have a view on this subject, please let me know. But it was very weird and uncomfortable viewing. I just sat there with my mouth dropped open, thinking, what the hell happened? Much like I did for much of The Matrix Resurrections. Something I watched earlier today, because I was in the mood for some detective fiction, and perhaps some anime. Yes, anime, we are talking about anime again. We have not done that for quite some time. The thing that I found, thanks to an article on the internet, I think on cbr about detective anime was this new netflix anime new okay it's from last year called b colon the beginning oh god the colon again despite the matrix resurrections having no colon here we are colon again b the beginning is absolutely crazy even for anime. This is not at all what I was expecting from the trailers I saw before deciding to watch this, at least the first episode. I was expecting atmospheric neo-noir, but I got this madness instead. There are serial killers, a winged, super-powered serial killer of serial killers, There are also terrorists and sci-fi weaponry. And all this is set in a quaint, fictional Eurasian country called Cremona. Which, as far as I know, isn't that the name of a company that makes acoustic guitar pickups? And there is a scene in this film. I'm wildly going off track here where one of the characters appears to live above a cello or instrument shop or violin shop or something like that? Anyway, where was I? (laughs) Yeah, you know that thing where you have that strange mid-Atlantic country that doesn't exist? The example I'm thinking of from genre is the first Hellraiser movie. where it was sort of set in uh, semi-London-slash-America. It was very strange, and the accents were both English and American, and uh, yeah, this is that kind of thing. Perhaps less weird, slightly. But this is anime, and anime seems to like Euro stuff. And back where I left off. Serial killers, superpowered serial killer of serial killer, terrorists, sci-fi weaponry, a touch of steampunk. That case, the case of the serial killer of serial killers, who calls himself B, requires the return of an eccentric Inspector Morse-type detective called Keith Flick. More Euro trash here. Keith Flick. Flick. F-L-I-C-K. Flick. F. L-I-C is French slang for cop. This stuff is completely balmy. I don't even know where to begin. Like I said, I was expecting Neo Noir, a bit more Blade Runner-ish and Rain. I got something completely different. I'm not sure if this is for me, but you might want to give it a try and let me know. Or if you've already given it a try, let me know what you think. And that is be the beginning an anime on Netflix. I summarised this in the show notes with the sentence, Ghibli on acid in a cross-genre bloodbath, which sounds like it might be something that might appeal to some people. Hmm. And that is it for the media I wanted to talk about this week, Let us move on to technology, and I hinted that there'd be some talk about gear at the beginning of this. Let us do that now. First of all, I wanted to talk about something a little technical that may not apply to you, but does tend to be a problem if you use a small digital recorder, and that is out-of-phase XLR to TPR stereo cables. If you need to use a mono XLR-to-TPR stereo 3.5mm mini jack cable to connect your digital recorder to an XLR mic, those cables can be the bane of your life. Because most of these stupid things are wired wrong. Here's my short explanation. A wrongly wired cable of this kind means phase cancellation when you import the audio into a digital audio workstation like Reaper or a WAVE editor like Audacity, and then you try and combine the signal. The result of which is a cancelled out signal and you've now got nothing at all. There are some idiotic workarounds that I've been using, like, for instance, ditching one channel entirely, but the real solution is to get the right cable. I found the right cable, thanks to an article on Transom.com. And that cable is a Hosa Mono XLR to TPR Stereo 3.5mm mini jack slash video cable. That you can find on Amazon, and they're not very expensive. But importantly, they are wired correctly so you don't get phase cancellation. And when you import into a door, you can combine both channels and get a nice mono signal to play with and edit i actually did have the right cable a long long time ago when i bought the recorder i didn't understand about this phase issue but i did accidentally get the right cable the problem is that cable broke when i bought another one it was wrongly wired but yeah that can be a problem And you do need the right cable. And this also applies to people with digital cameras. Make sure you have an in-phase cable to go from your mic to your digital camera. Hello, breaking in here to correct a little mistake I made several times when I'm talking about a cable made by the company Hosa. I call it a Mono XLR to TPR Stereo 3.5mm mini jack. The TPR bit of that is wrong. I'm holding up the blister pack that the cable came in and I'll read out what it says on the piece of card so if you want this cable, you get the right cable. It says, microphone cable, XLR 3F to right angle, 3.5mm TRS. Sorry about that. Back to the show. That was a little specific and technical. Let's move on to something else. This is going to be probably my final, for the time being anyway, podcasting gear upgrade update. If you are a podcaster, maybe this will give you an idea of what you need to get your podcast going. Please don't feel that you have to buy exactly the same equipment or spend as much as I did, which wasn't that much. You can get away with much less. My final studio setup is a Shure SM7B microphone, very popular <laughs> with almost everyone, or at least it was until recently. My boom arm is an Elgato Wave boom arm, the high version, because it has a little more reach than the Rode PSA1, and the bass doesn't clunk and send vibrations through my table. Other than that, it's around the same quality as the Rode. The Rode is probably a bit better, but I found this one set up properly properly a little less annoying because of that clunk from the base. Incidentally, if you go for the Elgato, the high-rise one, or the low-rise one, or instead you decide to go for the PSA-1, there's only about a £10 difference, the PSA-1's a little bit cheaper. You can't go wrong with either. Where were we? Okay, so a uh, short SM7B microphone attached to an Elgato Wave Boom arm, the high-rise version. The XLR cable from the SM7B goes into a Triton Audio Fethead Mic Booster, which I've had for ages, and it's now finally getting some use. That goes into a Yamaha MG06 mixer, with phantom power on to power the Triton Audio Fethead Mic Booster. And that is it. For my studio setup. Not that complicated. For travel, the gear that I'm talking through right now, that consists of an Audio Technica AT eight seven five R short shotgun microphone, usually aimed at videographers. I like it because it's versatile and it seems to screen out a fair amount of background noise and is quite clean for its price. That goes into a Sony PCM-M10 digital recorder that is no longer available. But I'll talk about what you can get instead of that a little later. And those two things go into an aluminium flight case, which was very cheap. I think less than £20. Though so I will say, in retrospect, I wish that I'd got a case that had some kind of prop span. So that when you leave the case lid open, it doesn't slam shut on your fingers or your gear, getting either valuable parts of yourself or the stuff that you have spent your money on crushed. What I haven't mentioned in all that lot is there is also a variety of stands, tripods, pistol grips, foam and furry windshields, cables, etc. But that comes with... Any studio setup and I didn't want to talk about this for too long another thing you may have noticed is I haven't mentioned USB that is because my signal chain is analog because my only experience with USB was with the cheap USB mic from maplins that I bought right at the beginning of my podcasting because I thought that would be the easiest way to record audio and get it into my computer Unfortunately, it had a noisy ground loop, and it drove me to end up buying the Yamaha MG06 mixer, which is an entirely analog device, as opposed to something like the Scarlett Focusrite 2i2 USB interface, which was also about twice the price, because once bitten, etc. Look, maybe Scarlett is great, lots of people use it and they don't have any problem with it, but... One benefit of my setup is that my current signal path, my way into the computer, is entirely driverless and platformless and hardware agnostic. Can you remember a time when you didn't have to install anything to get something working? There are bits of software that does get this to work, but it's not something you ordinarily have to install. It's just the normal sound drivers that come with your computer. What happens is, I record audio from the mic into my mixer, and I record audio from the computer into my mixer. It all goes back to the mixer to line in on the Mac Mini, and line out. There's a kind of a loop thing going. I don't want to explain anymore, because this is getting needlessly complicated. But compared to most setups, it is fairly simple as well, because, yeah, no need for any drivers. If you're on Linux, you will understand why that's a good thing. If you've ever had to mess around with Pulse Audio, like I did the other day on my mum's laptop, because for some reason Pulse Audio had decided to not put out any signal. I'm not sure if it's... uh, Fat finger error, or it's just something that decided to happen on its own. But yeah, it is nice not having to rely on any extra software. I've talked you through my general setup hardware-wise. What happens is I get audio either through my digital audio recorder or my mixer directly into Audacity. If it's the mixer... Or from the digital audio recorder, I record it into its built-in memory and transfer it via USB. Ah, there you are. USB. That's the one use of USB I do have. If I connect my little Sony to my computer, I use uh, an old-fashioned, I think it's USB 1.1 or 2, maybe 2 cable And it just pops up on my computer as an external hard drive. Again, no extra software required. And then I drag the audio file onto my desktop and edit it in Audacity. I do a few things in Audacity. Again, it's too detailed to talk about here. I've talked about it before. You can find a more detailed walkthrough of my gear and process if you look at the show notes. Or just go to roymatur.com slash podcast dot html click on the link at the moment is gear galleon but just click on the gear link it's called gear galleon because that's more boaty Ugh. as i often say i've really got a rebrand those are the things i have to make the podcast let's talk about some things i would like but don't have The DBX286S is the budget vocal processor of streamers who haven't the luxury of post-production. If you're game streaming or streaming to YouTube live, you want the best sound that you can get right away. You can't do any extra processing in post, so it needs to be good. And the DBX286 is pretty good. It's easy to set up. It's set up and forget for your voice at least, if you have other people streaming or other people in your live stream and you've got multiple DBX286s, then you need to set them up differently. But if it's just for you, you set it and forget it, and it's great. It's got things like compression, which evens out your audio, a deesser, especially for people like me who have a Lisp, that's very handy, and it's just great. It does have some reliability issues, from what I've read, but it is a very cheap device. However, I don't stream, so I returned it to save some money. Currently, as I've mentioned many times, my very budget-priced JVC S160 headphones are great, cost about £10. I have used that same model for about 20 years, but they are hardly studio-grade. I've seen people use these same headphones for monitoring. Fair enough, but for mastering and mixing, not so great. These have to be replaced soon. I'm thinking either monitors, perhaps the Sony HS5s, or some decent cans like the Sennheiser HD600. There are other things that I'd like just to make my life a little easier here. I would like better organisation. There is a mess of cable and equipment here. I was thinking something like a rack system, maybe 6U high. And finally, as I said before, the PCM-M10 is no longer made. If my PCM-M10 Sony digital recorder ever dies... I would need to replace it with something, and that thing that I replaced it with should either match the quality of the Sony, it has fairly clean preamps, or exceed it, because there's nothing worse than going backwards. My mum taught me that. The recorder I'd consider is a Sound Devices Mix Pre 3. Years and years ago, I did consider the 633 also from sound devices but the sony was less than a third of the price so i went with the sony the sound devices mix pre 3 has according to other reviewers i haven't tried it so i can't confirm that very clean preamps it should at that price it also has xlr ports which my Sony does not have, and that is really annoying. That is something that drives me crazy about the Sony. If you ever have to deal with 3.5mm jacks, you'll know what I mean. They're a terrible socket. They're not robust. I just don't like them very much. If you move them around, they crackle. You get a much more solid connection with XLR. And XLR is better shielded as well. I'm not really sure what else to recommend, apart from that sound devices. I'm sure there are the Sonys, the Sony... is that the D50? Or is that out of production as well? I know they replaced the PCM-M10 and that entire line about a year or two ago, but from what I've heard, the replacements aren't brilliant and are still very expensive. Yeah, I don't know what to recommend. There's budget, and then there's expensive, and there doesn't seem to be anything in between. Finally, and most importantly, and this is something I've talked about for a very long time, I am very long, 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 long overdue for a new computer. The computer that I'm using at the moment is a Mac Mini armed with a Core Duo 2.4GHz CPU, at least it's not a seller on that's one thing but it's not great worse than that though i've only got four gig of ram and that's not so wonderful though i'm running windows 7 the 32-bit version so having more ram wouldn't really do anything but shopping lists tend to be infinite cuts have to be made somewhere i suppose Which gets me to the point where I should also mention that you can contribute to the support and upkeep of this show by going to RoyMator.com. Any second now, I'm going to repeat that and tell you all about how to get in touch. Because that is it for the podcast. The next time you hear me, we'll be talking about Doctor Who, and I think it's something to do with Daleks from the 1970s. If you're into Vintage Doctor Who, be sure to subscribe, be sure to tell your friends. The show that you just listened to is made by me, I'm Roy Matur, A writer, Matur is spelled M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at roymatur.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen, recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy, or click on the contact or support link on the website. Oh, and before I get on to the very, very last bit... Although we've already skipped past the after show now, so things are completely out of order. I did mention in a tweet that I'd be telling you about a TV script that I'm writing. I completely forgot to do that. Because I had so much on my mind today, but I will get to that in not the next podcast, but the one after that. The next podcast, as I already said, will be exclusively a revisit of Vintage Doctor Who. Whovians rejoice. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio. I, no, it's terrible. The UK geek podcast, <laughs> the UK very, very painfully geekly Podcast. This was episode number four hundred and twenty-three recorded on Monday the tenth of january twenty twenty-two. And the time at the end of the show is twenty-three twenty-five thirty-eight. Thanks for listening everyone, and bye-bye for now. Bye.